Tonight on the Fanatic Forum, shall we play a game? That's right, we're going to be talking video games all episode here with my special guests Willow Schuyler and Dave Mattingly. But first, we'll show you this. Happy Friday and welcome to the Fanatic Forum. I'm your Fanatic and host, George Bueller. I hope everybody's having themselves a good week and a happy Veterans Day to all of our veterans out there. Thank you very much for your service. Uh, we got, uh, of course, you know, a lot of fun things we're going to be talking about today here. Uh, definitely, we got lots of video game talk. We got some new comics to show off. Uh, but I would definitely be re remiss to not mention the passing of Kevin Conroy that we just heard about today, uh, even though he passed yesterday. Um, yeah, definitely. That, that's a huge loss for the voice acting community uh, and for Bat fans everywhere. Because, I mean, you know, that man is an iconic uh, voice actor, but that was one particular role that just made him a legend. So, yeah. Uh, so it's just, you know, it's sad to see him go, but uh, yeah, what, what, what a career. And um, it's, it's nice that we have this, you know, kind of time capsule of him uh, and this fantastic performance from the nineties uh, that we could just go back and watch every time we want. So yeah, it's a beautiful thing, but enough of the sadness here. We'll, <laughs> we'll probably get a little bit more to that. I'm sure. But uh, if y'all have never tuned in the fanatic forum before, of course, my name is George Bueller. I'm your fanatic and host. Uh, I am a lifelong comic book fan. Basically since I was like three years old, I've been reading comic books. Uh, I'm also a big movie and music fan, uh, video games, pro wrestling, whatever else. So I love to share that stuff with you guys. Uh, uh, and I want you guys to share your passions with me as well, uh, your questions, comments, anything else here we're talking about. So the table's open for everybody here, so I'd love to have you guys out. And seeing as I love to have my people on here, I've got some special guests this week here. For her very first appearance on the Fanatic Forum, even though Willow and I have kind of hung out together on other shows before, but her very first appearance on the Fanatic Forum, the Peppermint Princess herself from the snowy tundras of Canada, Willow Sky. Hi! <laughs> Uh, well, maybe maybe not quite snowy right now, but still. No, no. Well, actually, we've been hit with the white stuff the, the last night, and yeah, it, my husband's avoiding shoveling right now. Because so. <laughs> it's pointless. It's pointless. Just wait till it's all done. So, <laughs> well, welcome. Uh, thank you very much for being on the show tonight. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, absolutely. So, and our other guest this week, because I don't want to you know, give my MQ too long here, the man who is—he's he, a jack of all trades, both scientific investigation, uh, as we've recently found out, uh, espionage here. Uh, you know, of course, you know the main reason why he's on here because he's super geek just like us, but he's got a little bit of video game pedigree. We'll get into Diamond. Dave Mattingly, welcome very much to the Fanatic Forum, sir. 
Wonderful to be back. Great to see you both. Good to have you. Yeah. Hi, talking about the James Bond. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And of course, yeah, that's why I, I love having you both on here because we've got all different kinds of sides and fandoms when it comes to video gaming here. And like I said, you know, I, you know, I always find out little fun facts about you, Dave, as, the, as where our friendship grows here. And it's just each one is more fascinating than the next. So, uh, but, uh, for, you know, briefly, uh, you know, we did find out one interesting fact right about, uh, you know, a video gaming thing you had to do with here. If you want to tell us about that real quick. Oh, sure. uh, back in the early 90s, I worked with id Software taking the Wolfenstein 3D uh, PC game, uh, one of the very first uh, first person first person shooters, and I put it into a virtual reality helmet for a full arcade cabinet and had it out in arcades. That was very fun. Yeah, that's yeah. so cool. <laughs> I'm not worthy. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. But for uh, other, I taught myself programming so I could learn how to make uh, text adventure games like Zork and that kind of thing. So I. Uh, Kind of confiscated the high school mainframe and uh, taught myself how to make a language parser and uh, made it go from there. Nice. Uh, that's awesome. I, I'd, I'd say the most sophisticated thing I ever did is um, when I was in grade school, we had like Apple IIe computers. And it's kind of a big deal when we got those in. And so they had us doing like some DOS prompt uh, programs. And first it was uh, we were making like just pictures. They were not animated where it was just pictures with using DOS prompt. And then we got like a new update in where we can animate the pictures. And so I had like, like all the boys had to make basketball players and the girls had to do, I don't know, somebody else. So all the boys basketball players had the same animation. Basically it was like moving the arm or something like that. Like the ball didn't even move. It was yeah. just the arm moved like this. So, yeah. So that, that's my most sophisticated programming I think I've ever done. <laughs> Those four, four, 40, 30, 30, it was a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> but the only programming uh, thing that I've done probably would be like Mario Paint and trying to create like my music and <laughs> my own like comic book stuff. So keep that, you know. Yeah, my, my first programming job was at, at NASA when I was a teenager writing space shuttle software. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Oh, that's very impressive. Well, we got a couple of comments in here real quick. Mary Ann's in here. Hello, dear. Good to see you. And then Crayley's uh, just want to stop by real quick because she's got things to do. People see. All right. So uh, I do have a couple of uh, uh, comics I want to share with you guys and the rest of the audience here. So some picks I like this week. Uh, let's see. Some kind of deeper into the series right now, but just tremendously good issues here. Uh, issue six of Captain America Sentinel of Liberty. I love the series falling off this like big shield ship here. It look, kind of looks like something out of like an ELO concert, you know, back in the 70s there. But yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, of this particular one of Captain America, uh, this is probably the best issue. Uh, and I don't want to spoil anything in case you want to pick it up. But uh, for Captain America fans and for Bucky fans as well, this is a tremendous issue. Uh, so, I, of course, they're kind of leading into a big. Crossover event that's coming up pretty soon uh, called Cold War, but that's going to be between both the Captain America books. But yeah, this is going to be awesome. Captain America, the album cover. <laughs> uh, and then uh, this week's issue of Moon Knight number 17, uh, with a big 
wolf there attacking. Which I'm not sure why they have this wolf lion thing attacking uh, Moon Knight because this doesn't happen in the book. But there is, uh, but this is also uh, a fantastic Moon Knight. Uh, honestly, a lot of fans have been talking about this particular issue, just being so so good uh, in this run uh, for Moon Knight coming out of his midnight mission, fighting vampires, uh, teaming up with some good vampires, also. Old West Coast Avengers buddy Tigra. So, uh, but yeah, really, really fun stuff here. Yeah, the Midnight uh, Mission is a great addition to the run. He has a pet haunted house. It's great. Yeah, uh, and that, that particular haunted house uh, has a bit of a showcase in this issue. So, I haven't read that one yet, but I do love Moon Knight. He's my favorite. I, I'm going to have to look into that. Yeah. This, this, this particular run has been really fun. So, um, Couple of some new number ones here. I'm going to share with you guys uh, from Boom Entertainment. This is Specs. Uh, this is from uh, David M. Boer uh, and Chris Sheehan uh, are the uh, creative team on this one. Um, a bit of a, I'm not 100 sure if this is a horror thing yet or not. There's definitely some kind of some spooky stuff going on here. But uh, the whole premise is this: If you remember in the old comics, like you can send off for like little gadgets like X-ray glasses and stink bombs and, you know, vampire teeth, all that kind of jazz. Well, these are glasses you could send off for that basically would make your wishes come true. And so our lead characters start off with some small stuff, maybe some, you know, very normal wishes. And then something happens where a big wish happens. And, well, some things happen from there. So, but uh, some interesting context uh, and uh, characterization in here as well. Even though it takes place in the late '80s, but um, some, I would say some more modern day stuff. I don't want to spoil too much, but Boom has been killing it lately with stuff. So I recommend that one. Um, an interesting number one here. Fantastic Four has a new run uh, with a, Alex Ross doing all the covers. So this is just gorgeous. Yeah, uh, Ryan North uh, is the writer on here, and um, oh. Don't know the artist's name here, unfortunately. I'm sorry. Coelho was the last name on there, but I'm not familiar with the artist. This is a fairly new one. Uh, but an interesting first issue here because it mostly focuses on uh, Ben Grimm and uh, now the new Mrs. Uh, Alicia Grimm. Uh, kind of just off of a weekend to get away, whatever else, but kind of gets into a weird hotel, you know, I don't know, kind of like the whole town seems to be Lost in time a bit. Uh, so kind of the, like I said, an interesting first issue for a whole new run, new creative team, but then uh, has a bit of a whopper of an ending. Uh, we're going to get back to the rest of the team here. So, yeah, a very intriguing first issue. I'm kind of curious where the rest of the run is going to go on that one. But for Fantastic Four fans, it's a fun book. Because we're it is definitely, you know, it does have kind of like an old school feel to it where it is a bit fun. You know, there's some exploratory things going on. There's some weird happenings and a bit of a mystery going on as well. So, yeah. So there you go. So if you want to kind of an old school feel to it, uh, a couple of new DC number ones here again for old school fans, the new golden age. So uh, this is not necessarily spinning out of the events of the dark crisis event, uh, the big DC event that's currently going on right now, but the, uh, yeah. JSA members are involved in this, uh, and now this is kind of spitting off a new JSA title that's going to be starting, I think, next month. 
this is kind of the, the kind of the first initial issue, and then following from there would be a new JSA book. Uh, but there is kind of like a, a generational sort of thing. We kind of see the formation of the JSA again. We kind of see them throughout the years, and then we see kind of a futuristic version of it. Uh, but the commonality thing is there is a redheaded stranger who seems to be hunting the JSA. So, and he seems to be going through all the different timelines. So, can't tell don't know who he is. Star Girl on the cover. Uh, What's that? Girl on the cover. I can't tell. That's Star Girl. Okay. Yeah, so you got like there's Alan Grant, there's Star Girl, Wildcat, and so yeah, there's Jay Garrett up there. So, so a bunch of different. Golden Age or something? Yeah, a bunch of different generations of the JSA. So, uh, and last but not least, and for '90s fans, this is easily my favorite book of the week. The Wildcats are back. Uh, if you want to reintegrate an old property into the DC universe proper, this is a textbook way to do it. 100%. This is a fun book. Uh, it's a great throwback for not only Wildcats fans, but if you're like 90s image fans, there's a few other characters who were not on the original Wildcats team who are now on this new version and have kind of repurposed some other characters, but it all makes sense, if, especially again, if you're a 90s image fan. Um, but yeah, it's this is incorporated into the regular DC universe. We Last year we met Grifter and Alec once again on the pages of Batman uh, and some of the other Bat books uh, adjacent to that. The Wildcats universe again, but yeah, this one just drops them right hard in the DC universe here. So, lots of guest stars in this. Uh, we see kind of their team's place in the DCU right now. Uh, so, yeah, lots of fun to come here. Uh, tons of variant covers for that. Um, so, especially if you're a Grifter and a Zelda, they have some covers. Uh, but the, the fun thing is that DC is doing 90s throwback this month. So, there's all these like 90s uh, art style variant covers, and also they're doing foils. Oh, oh I yeah. like that. Yeah, like the Wildcats one's like all red. Uh, there's a Joker variant for it, uh, one of his books that's all green, and there's a lot more to come. So, yeah, so there you go. So, that's all I got for this week here. So, if you all have anything new you want to show off? Well, there's a comic I was really hoping to pick up that came out, I think, last week, uh, the Bill and Ted Death comic. Oh, local comic shop didn't have it. Oh, okay. I oh, have to get it somewhere else. Uh, I do have some new loot. Uh, oh, last cool. in uh, Louisville was Nerd Luvia, our role playing invention. Mm -hmm. And uh, besides having, I don't know, maybe 20 some odd game tables going at the same time, uh, they had uh, a, a full vendor room and then you spill over into a, another room as well. I picked up this uh, great Jack Burton chibi keychain. Oh. I love that. That is cute. It's all in the reflexes. <laughs> and, uh, I got a book that I pre-ordered uh, several months back. Finally came in this week. The Marvel Anatomy book. Ooh. This is uh, thick. You know, it's like coffee uh, uh, ta coffee table book style. It shows, you know, the interior of uh, characters and armor and talks about the history and all kinds of stuff. Full glossy. It's gorgeous. That is. And that would look great beside the Marvel Encyclopedia that I have. <laughs> and one that I got, it's been almost a month, but I haven't had a chance to play it yet. And the specs reminded me of it. The They Live board game. <sighs> I love it. 
That is a thick box. Has wow. uh, characters in here, everything. Uh, the best things are the, the dice to see whether they succeed or not. Uh, on some sides, they say chew bubblegum. Some sides, they say kick ass, depending on whether you stand around, chew bubblegum, or whether you actually do something. And it comes with Hoffman lenses that let you see different things on the cards. Yeah. That's cool. It okay. is extremely cool, yeah. Yeah, that I, I maybe have to purchase that one myself. Yeah. So I started this one almost two years ago. It took a long time to get out, but I can't wait to get into it. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, when, it, when I first saw that specs book, I immediately thought they live as well. I'm like, oh, it kind of is, and it wasn't. It's something different, but that cover is very reminiscent. Mm -hmm. Will, you have anything you got to show off? No, not right now. Okay. Nothing new. Sorry. I, I haven't left my house to go shopping in a while. So <laughs> well, there you go. Well, it's a, if you ever need your, your comic cookup, um, my uh, of course that I work for Clobbering Comics. We have a whatnot channel. So uh, you know, you can get on there and people get comics all the time. And uh, a lot of times people ask for like they can't get to their own shops, and so they'll just ask us for new stuff. I'm like, oh yeah, we got that, and so we'll just send off that thing. <laughs> so, oh. Yeah, so there's no auctions involved. Like, oh, you just need this book here. We'll sell you the cover price. There you go. I, so I have to reintroduce myself to all the comic book stores in in my area. So, <laughs> uh, well, one last thing uh, I got to show off for uh, Lou here for pop fans. I just saw this today at Walgreens. This is the new Walgreens exclusive for Elsa Bloodstone. So, yeah, she has her trademark shotgun here. So yeah, Walgreens is getting some really killer exclusives. You know, they've had like the the Marvel Legends figures, the Baron Zemo and uh, Quasar that's exclusive to them, and oh, they've always had uh, your Zemo figure was Walgreens. Uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he, he yeah, he, so he's got this at Walgreens too. They they have this one in Quasar exclusive to the Walgreens. So go figure. In the morning, huh? Yeah, and it's the old school Wendell one Quasar too, not the not the new one. I can't remember her name is the brunette yeah. lady. Anyway, oh, she's crossover with Starbrand. That was wild yeah. stuff. I loved it. All right. Well, before we get to our video game talk here, I'm going to take a brief pause for our sponsors, and then we get back on to play. So we'll be right back. Comic Books for Kids provides comic books to kids in hospitals and cancer centers across the U.S. It's a place where we can all work together to make sure every child has a comic book. 100% of all proceeds go towards the kids. It's about making a difference, and while they're in the hospital, allowing them to fly like a superhero, battle dragons, or rescue teddy bears. We are in every state in the country and now support over 160 hospitals. Every month, we add more. Visit cb4k.org. And we're back. All right. So we're here to talk video games tonight. So, uh, Willow, since it's your first time here, uh, what was your first experience with gaming? Oh, okay. So this is going way back into the 80s, uh, where I was introduced to not just the uh, first Nintendo, uh, the, the Nintendo Entertainment System. Um, ColecoVision was a huge thing, and so was Atari. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Dave, what about you? What was your first experience? Uh, the uh, the Pong and Breakout games that you plug into your TV. Yep. Oh. Yep. That, 
That was mine as well. Um, ours wasn't an official Polony. I think it was just called like Video Tennis or something like that. It was just something, you know, the generic version of that. But it was the same thing. So, um, but then, yeah, the um, few years later, um, we got in and television. I got one for Christmas. It was uh, Sears had like their exclusive Intellivisions or Ataris. Like they had like a design that was exclusive to them. So, so we had the Intellivision, which... I had a lot of fun with that, but you want to talk about a complicated <laughs> machine to operate. So if you've never experienced this one, of course, in television back in the day, it was Atari's direct competitor, even though they were a very distant second. But their ColecoVision was third, but basically, you know, television number two. But the controller for Intellivision was a like a nine-button keypad. It looked like a phone readout. And then your control uh, monitor was like a gold 360 dip. You did that, and then you had four uh, four buttons two on each side that were else. So basically, you would have to like hold the controller like this, and it was a very awkward way to control things. But then each game that you had would have like this like insert you could put in on the control pad, and it would tell you like special you know moves or actions or whatever else. So yeah, it was not the easiest thing to play in the world, but. Um, they had a lot of the games that Atari did, but uh, they had some really cool exclusives. Like my favorite, being a horror fan, they had a Dracula game that I never saw for any other system, um, and it was really like your Dracula running around at night in London, um, attacking people and draining their blood, um, and you could fight the cops, but you had to sneak up on them, and if you uh, they had like a direct contact with them, they could like billy club you. Um, and also, apparently, uh, dogs, or they, they look more like wolves, but they were supposedly dogs, uh, could attack you as well. And so you would have to, like, turn into a bat to escape from them. But basically, if you didn't get the wolves, as long as you were inside by Sunday, uh, by Sunday, you're okay. <laughs> yes. around killing everybody in the village, like uh, an early GTA. All right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was kind of like, you know, there was a lot to it for an old school 8-bit game like that, or not even an 8-bit game. Uh, yeah, so there, there was a lot to that, but that was one of my favorites, so. So, uh, what was your, old, uh, your favorite old school games, like, growing up? Uh, Willow? Oh, um, probably, like, Super Mario Brothers uh, was uh, was a big one. Um, there it, for the NES, there was a game uh, like uh, Roger Rabbit, oh, and yeah. it was like one of the uh, one of the first interactive games where you can actually hit Roger and like it's kind of just smack him around. And I I remember being astounded by that because of the fact that yeah, it was like an eight bit, sixteen uh, bit game. And the amount of detail into that game for that time was—I'm still astounded by that. Yeah, I remember that game. Yeah, uh, Dave, what was some of your thoughts? Uh, I like the uh, uh, the text adventure games, the Zork, Scott Adams adventure series, things like that. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, the, the other puzzle type games like Monkey Island. Uh, that series I always loved. Yeah. Yeah, I've. I, I, definitely remember the monkey island series those were awesome yeah so those were definitely kind of like you know very much like the rpgs we know today where you had a lot of side quests and your main quests and interaction with people stuff like that uh but the amount of humor that was in the game and it was incredibly really stuff too yeah uh you had so, to, learn so. how to uh, insult people that's how you want to sword fight was through insults 
Yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah. I mean, it, it was kind of like, we had some, some interesting adventure games like that, like the Leisure Suit Larry games, though they were mostly like sex involved too. Those were really kind of funny as well. But yeah, we had some. And the Hitchhiker's Guide uh, was its own game as well. Yeah. And another, that was... uh, another one, uh, the Starship Titanic, which. Yeah, never played that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There, um, uh, definitely a couple of my favorites growing up. I mean, you know, Missile Command right here. I was always love that one. Um, Joust, uh, Burger Time. Those were some good ones there. But uh, definitely, we've got more in the Nintendo stuff. A lot of the more actiony games, like definitely was big Contra, uh, Castlevania. Yeah, I was in all those. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, I, I definitely I'll get a lot of the popular games uh, and stuff like that as you know, time goes on. But I kind of get, I'll get, I'll find a game and I'll kind of get stuck on that one for a while. So, you know, kind of like me with the Resident Evil series. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Matter of fact, 25 years later, I'm still, I'm still playing through the first game, going, okay, I know there's a zombie dog around here. Don't get scared. Don't get scared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I just noticed I'm gonna bring up here on Stoller here that you're wearing your star shirt. I yeah, I've been doing this the whole time. I didn't realize you're wearing your star. That is so cool. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And, uh, um, I liked uh, uh Qbert because it was so uh, surreal and bizarre. Mm -hmm. And I, I was never any good, but I was fascinated by uh, Dragon's Lair and Space Ace, the cartoon games. They were just astounding. Yeah, I, I know you know, to get you know you know, an animation master who's, you know, had many successful films, you know, over his career to basically get into video games. And he did like three of them because he did two Dragon Player games and Space Ace. And I think that was it. There was a gangster one that I never actually saw. That's right. Yeah, there was. I, didn't, I knew there was a fourth one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's, I, you know, I've just been a heavy gamer my whole life. I mean, it's kind of, uh, you know, definitely had like a lot of arcades, you know, growing up and you know, playing a lot of those. So anytime I can get my hands in an arcade, you know, you know, definitely get, you know, love doing that. So um and I've got to play some like kind of what I found later on were kind of some like unique games. Like um of course if you remember the old paperboy game, most time you had like the standard coin off with the handlebars and just stand up and play. Apparently uh, and I played it in St. Louis when I was on vacation with my family. There's a paper boy there, like it was a bike. You sat down on, you know, on, like you basically you still only just had the, the handlebars of your controls, but you were sitting down where it felt like more of like a bike. So, oh. and apparently that's a rare game. So, really, pedals too, to control how fast or slow you were moving. Yeah. So, I, I, I don't remember the pedals doing anything. I, I just remember just, you know, it was just the handlebars, but it was just kind of like, oh, this is really cool. I've never seen the sit-down one before, so. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, a lot of different co-working spaces where you share an office or whatever, and uh, a lot of them are themed. There's one that's just for fashion. There's one that's just for food. There's also one just for creating video games. There are, uh, I think, you know, at maybe 10, 15, you know, one, two, three-person companies all sharing this space. And uh, every now and then at the arc, well, actually, I guess almost all the time, but at the arcade expo that we have every year with the money going to usually Children's Hospital or something like that, uh, they will have some entries. And a few years ago, they had one that was a blast. They had a projector. So showing up on a wall, they had Street Fighter. But instead of the usual controls, it was Dance Dance Revolution. 
So you had to jump all around up and down to hit these buttons with your feet. And by the time you felt like you were in a street fight. (laughs) I love that. Oh, that would be a blast to play. When it came to arcade games, I was definitely uh, like the Mortal Kombat, uh, Street Fighter, uh, Double Dragon was like the, my first love when it came to arcade games. Yeah, um, yeah I, I would literally be put, pulled off the machine. <laughs> okay, time to go home. Ah! <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was, I was definitely that kid too, Will. Uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. Of course, I, I love. I was fascinated with the Tron movie too as a kid, and so I love you know the Tron video games as well. Um, the Star Wars game, the old black and white one, where basically you were just doing the Death Star around the whole time. So, yeah, that was, I love yeah. that one too. We did have a Chuck E. Cheese that was in our area where I grew up in. I only got to visit like a couple of times for birthday parties or something like that. But, uh, yeah, they, they 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 lived up to the hype with uh, their games back in the day. Now, today, I think they have like a completely different system where it's like the games for little kids. But, like, yeah, they don't have old school games. But, yeah, back in the 80s, man, their glory days. So, mm-hmm. it's so um, a, a, a tabletop game, role playing, that kind of stuff, rather than the, the video game. I mean, video games are fun, but uh, you can sit down for you know an entire day with your buddies, uh, rolling dice and making up goofy things. You know. Yeah, I mean, I did plenty of that too. Let's play tabletop and lots of D and D in high school. Um, also, I was uh, I was in a shadow run group as well. We did that for a little bit, and then we moved over to uh, riffs. Uh, and uh, Rips was an awesome game, if y'all never, uh, anyone ever heard of that before. The initial core system basically was you could pretty much create anything you wanted, and that's what you could play as. So the, the limits were optionless, or you, 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 were, you, you, were, you had no limits, basically, uh, because basically it dealt with basically uh, rifts in space and time and the multiverse and whatever else. You had access to all these different worlds and lands and whatever else so you can mix fantasy characters and sci-fi and superheroes and you know ninjas and super spies and whatever else so yeah those were just those are all that was awesome stuff there i uh, they had one company that was fascinating with called uh it was called wormwood and it kind of had like a bit of a like a, a fantasy kind of look to it but also everybody had symbiotic organism on them and so the symbiotes like did different things for them, different bonuses or whatever else. But yeah, everybody had a symbiote on this planet. But it wasn't like Venom where you're completely covered stuff. It looked like you had a big attachment or something, or something was like half you know, covering your face or whatever else, you know. Yeah, I've heard that uh, sometimes uh, described as a uh, gene punk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So yeah, fascinating. I buy in superhero games myself, so. Champions and, and the Marvel stuff, uh, I'm all over that. Yeah, and of course you were talking um, uh, to me about uh, during Nerd Lugia, you were running the Marvel Multiverse game. Yeah, uh, doing so, the Avengers uh, from the uh, the MCU. They haven't, you know, debuted as an actual team, but everybody who could be on the Young Avengers was there. So it was fun. You know, Ms. Marvel, uh, uh, Miles Morales, uh, a whole bunch of guys. It was great. That's awesome. Yeah, because Marvel's got two games out right now. Because there's that one, and I can't remember the other one is that basically the, that's more of the tabletop style with the miniatures and all that jazz. Oh, yeah, I forget what it's called, but uh, Marvel, not Conflict. I think it starts with a C. But yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. Somebody else was doing that one there too. It looked like a lot of fun. 
Yeah, I mean, of course, that one, like, if you get into the model buildings, like, I've seen people make, like, complete New York City models, and there's, like, everybody, you know, all over this thing. Like, I want to play that. <laughs> uh, well, any, uh, we've got, of course, a lot more classic stuff. So, uh, any more modern stuff, like, maybe, like, you know, anything within, like, the last 10 years that's kind of struck any of your all's fancy at all? Um, I played a lot of... Uh, um the division with my husband and his friends. Uh, we haven't really, we got out of playing that uh, after the pandemic hit. It, it just felt like it was way too close to home. <laughs> but I, actually I really like it now with Resident Evil having an online game similar to the division. I'm thinking about downloading that and playing that through and see how it is, that is. Um, nice. I remember when video games started going to the online thing, my husband's like, no, 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 this isn't for me. I don't want to play with anybody. I want to just play through these games myself. And then now he has like more friends than I do <laughs> that he plays with. Well, and speaking of Resident Evil, have you played any of the remakes of the original classics? Yeah, I have. And they've, they've done really well. Uh, I know for like the um, GameCube, they started like doing the remakes back then and right. uh um and I, for a while there i did have the gamecube so i was missing out on all like code veronica and all that and then they started bringing them to like the playstation and uh so yeah i'm i i've been playing them through and uh resident evil 7 is a really good game um and Although it's funny that um, they seem to be stuck on Resident Evil Four. <laughs> now, <laughs> well, that's that's the newest remake that's coming up pretty soon here. Uh, yeah, yeah, because that's thing is like they did the GameCube remakes for one, I know, but then they remade one again for the PS4s and fives and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, and yeah, and those are worth it, uh, especially if you. I, I was a big fan of two and three. Yeah. Um, and those remakes, yeah, are like going way back to like the PlayStation is when the first PlayStation came out. <laughs> Love it. Well, Dave, what about you? You are uh, anything more recent? Uh, no, after working in the industry, I kind of lost my appetite. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that the uh, people who enjoyed it sausage did not watch it being made. Uh, so, you know, I can understand that experience in the industry. I just, yeah, it's, it's not really my thing much anymore, knowing how everything works. Do you still play anything of the older stuff from time to time, or? Um, not really. Uh, I'll I'll do the the simple puzzle things. I limit myself to to one game uh, on the phone, and that's worked with friends. Uh, and that one for ten years, something like that. And and I do a daily crossword puzzle on the phone, but that's as far as I go. Don't want to get uh, involved in anything else that uh, moves faster or takes more of my time. Nice. But see, I mean, you've, you've since, you know, transitioned back to more of the tabletop stuff and RPG, so. I've never stopped that. Uh, yeah. yeah. I had a publishing company for 13 years and then published uh, 100 role-playing things in that time and 300 novels or something along that line. So it's, it's always been a part of me. And uh, now I'm in two in-person gaming groups uh, each week and four online uh, in nights, uh, you know, during the week. Uh, game so uh, uh almost more than i can handle nice 
Uh, it sounds like it. Now, uh, speaking of gaming, have either of y'all ever done any like live action role playing for any role playing game? Yeah. Um, like I, I've done like the uh, role playing stuff online, uh, uh, like in wow. <laughs> This is how old I am. Uh, chat groups where we would actually create our own stories. And, oh, okay, there you go. Cool. Well, D Dave, what about your experiences? I did some uh, SCA stuff. Uh, okay. Back in the day, which is fun. Uh, played a couple of uh, systemless LARPs, almost like the you know how to host a murderer kind of things, uh, but with you know a hundred or more people at a time uh you know get get a building or something downtown and get this whole mystery and here's who your character is and we all run around doing stuff there's three or four people who are uh, uh running it all if there are questions or whatever and masterminding okay while this thing is happening in this room the other things will be happening over here so you got to coordinate these things or you know like a, a theater with no scripts kind of thing uh, those are a lot of fun as well and i played a couple of the actual classic uh, what you would call you know, the larps uh, yeah. Ones, uh, I really like their mechanism for uh, resolution. Uh, mm -hmm. it's not, you know, rock paper scissors. You don't roll really big dice on the ground. Uh, you have stopwatches, and whatever the tenth of a second is, you know, that's what your number is. That's a, a nice way to do it. And they have watches to come with the game, so everybody always has one. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. Trying to think. It's, it's been a while, but I uh, went to one convention and they were playing uh, uh, live action Vampire the Masquerade. Mm -hmm. um, so back this, of course, back in the late '90s, early 2000s, I think. So um, that was awesome because the the group of guys I was with, we had never played before. So we got in with a large group, and uh, though we were really low level vampires, our physical appearance is like I was. Should I say? Yeah, I think I was the shortest in the in the group, and so we got the award for most physically uh, intimidating. Because <laughs> it was like there six of us, we're all dressed in oh, all us. No, we were all about the same height. I was the only one with short hair. That's what it was. There were six of us, and I was the only one that had short hair. Everybody else was like long hair guys. And so, yeah. So I think that I was like, I hung out with all my metal friends, and I was the one you can introduce to your parents that was okay because, like, I looked normal. <laughs> and here, not so much. Um, I've always uh, wanted to join a LARPing group, but it seems like they, um, they all have their own groups like outside of the city and trying to get there is a little difficult without a vehicle. I can understand that. Um, yeah. And then I, I have played a little bit of D and D when they do the, um, they make the, the weaponry, you know, like you like you the, you know, foam or cardboard or whatever else. So um, I made a cardboard sledgehammer that was as tall as I am. And had a blast. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh dear. Um, but yeah, no, when, when it, can't, it comes to LARPing, at, like, I, at, at the conventions lately, I've been seeing a lot of LARPing groups and uh, I've been tempted to join them. But yeah, it's just one need, need time. And I mean, it's not a stretch from going to cosplay to and do LARPing. And going from uh, or improv comedy, you know, yeah, it's not really much difference there either. Oh, and uh, speaking of uh, next uh, Sunday, uh, the 19th, uh, is going to be uh, another honorary uh, Kemp Krav. 
uh, a friend of mine, uh, Kemp, died several years back, and every year since, he was an improver. Uh, improvers from around the states all knew him and loved him, so we come together, and it's like uh, an improv all-star kind of thing, uh, doing all the games that he loved the most. So uh, that's going to be the 19th at the Bardstown in Louisville. Oh, okay. wonderful, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bard, Bard's, the Bardstown's a great venue, too, for you know live theater and stuff like that, performances, so yeah, that should be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Also, they have lots of tasty beverages and food there, too, so that makes it even better. Yeah. So, I've well, been thinking uh, about returning to doing stand-up comedy. I did it a couple times. I had fun. The first time I did it better than the second one. But That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've, I, I've sang in public. I've done theater before, but I've... You know, stand-up comedy was the one thing I kind of knew. Like, I love comedy. I appreciate comedy. I'm occasionally funny, but I know my wheelhouse, and I'm just going to stay over here. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't think I could do stand-up. I've done improv, and I make people laugh any time that I'm up there uh, teaching or preaching or doing a seminar or anything like that. But I don't know how to, to, to be funny, just like I don't know how to not be funny. It's just who I am. I don't know if I can direct it intentionally well from what i've also you know heard from a lot of the comedians they talk about it you know you we think that it's just them coming off the top of their head or else and there is a lot of times that has to happen but there's also a tremendous amount of preparation and research they do in their stuff too so yeah. there's that as well and they, they work on the act you know you know either when they're practicing at home or they're you know trying things out in you know smaller venues or whatever else but yeah so it's yeah, it's interesting stuff. I've, I've always been fascinated by the process of it. So. Yeah, a friend of mine uh, was a, a comedian out in San Francisco. Uh, he didn't decide to start until he was 40. You know what? Oh, wow. I'm going to try and, and be a comedian. So went to an open mic night, and he did great. Uh, did a few more times, and uh, got even better. Uh, then he, you know, he started uh, uh, getting invited to comedy shows. Then he was a headliner. Uh, then he started touring. Uh, but he wasn't a stand-up comedian, but he was in a wheelchair. He was a wheelchair comedian. Uh, his business card said 100% comedy, 0% stand-up. <laughs> and, uh, and he heard about uh, a blind comedian in California. So they got in touch. And between them, they found a stuttering dyslexic comedian and a little person comedian. So together, they formed the Comedians with Disabilities Act. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. And that's, that's a great thing, too. Like, there's, I've seen a lot recently, like, on America's Got Talent, there's a lot more comedians with disabilities coming forward. And while they're very upfront with their disabilities, they use that in their comedy. These guys are funny, too. Or oh, you know, people, I should say, you know, yeah, they're just, you know, it's just some great material. So I think it was like the second season of uh, Last Comic Standing that they had a guy that uh, had a disability. And man, that guy is just, Super hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's nice the, uh, the 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 you know the scope's broadened a bit more and you know more people allowed in. So that's awesome, Will. Congratulations. Hope you you know hope you decide to get back in. Uh, uh, for a while there, it was tough because it was like trying to find comedy in my situation, but a lot of it now is family based, and I'm getting to the point where you know if my family wants to continue being stupid, I'm not gonna get feel sorry about making fun of them. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Nice. <laughs> All right, so wrap things up here. Uh, so, Dave, since you're not playing much gaming now, video-wise, what are you playing right now that's non-video gaming that we should know about? 
Oh, gosh. I'm in, uh, like I said, several uh, uh, role-playing campaigns. Uh, one is just now starting back up uh, after a five-year break. Uh, is our in-person group. And that one was great because uh, more than half the people were less than half my age, uh, playing with a bunch of kids, uh, you, know, you know, 20s or, or whatever. But it, yeah. that one ended because uh, uh, two of them got married to each other and moved to Texas uh, uh, for an Air Force thing, but now they're back. Uh, okay. So we're getting the, the band back together kind of deal and uh, kind of picking up and uh, you know, starting afresh. And going for, so that, that's going to be really exciting. It's going to be set in uh, Gotham City in the present day. Far uh, out. So, uh, wow. Yeah, uh, what we did it last time, it was Gotham City set in the 80s. And about half of us were you know, actual DC characters. I was playing the Creeper. Uh, we had somebody who was a hawk girl and stuff like that. Uh, this time, uh, we're all just doing original characters. I'm going to be a uh, somebody who's kind of like the Astro City uh, crackerjack guy, an acrobatic guy, uh, mm -hmm. is uh, more of a schmuck than anything else. So that's <laughs> I'm going to have a good time for that one. Nice. Willow, what are you playing right now? Right now, nothing. Um, I watch my husband play video games here and there, but uh, I've I I have to get back into playing video games. Uh, I might I might start doing some streams here and there when I actually get down to downloading the new Resident Evil game. So there you go. Yeah, I'll say the uh, uh, the last two new ones, Biohazard and uh, Village, have been really cool. Nice nice entries into the franchise there. So we kind of broaden things and freshen up a little bit too. Uh, let's see. Current, well, of course, I was stuck for a good two years on uh, Red Dead Redemption Two because uh, uh, I mean, those Western games are just amazing. <laughs> so I <laughs> uh, love me some Rockstar games. Um, but right now, I've been kind of going two completely different worlds here. Um, been playing a wrestling game, the current uh, WWE2K, doing kind of the uh, career mode on there right now. So you're in the present right now, the double champion on both uh, the world and U.S. champion. So you know. Don't clap, just throw money. Uh, but uh, the other ones I've been playing, um, there's a series that's been out called The Dark Picture. Um, and they started, uh, there was, um, I'm trying to think, I can't remember the name of the game, but there's a game that came out a few, oh, Until Dawn, uh, came out a few years ago. And it was basically, it's a little bit of a choose-your-adventure, but you're like playing a movie. Because it looks like it's kind of a standard horror movie. You've got a cast of characters. Uh, and the nice thing they do is they actually take a real actor and cast them in the lead role. You have a recognizable face, and then the other people are just other actors. Uh, as the action and story is going on, how you act throughout the game and how you interact with the other cast members affects the game. It affects the outcome and sometimes affects who lives, who dies, whatever else. Uh, well, the same developers started the Dark Pictures anthology, and all of these are they are anthology games where it's basically you've got a, a host. He's I uh, think called the curator. Um, he may be deaf, you don't know. Uh, he, he's a spooky guy, and uh, all the games have their own kind of different themes. So there's uh, the first game is called uh, Man of Medine, and that's like you're underwater diving, looking for treasure, and you find some treasure, and there's some curse and kind of things going on with that. Uh, the second game was called House of Ashes, which takes place during the Iraq War, and basically you're dealing with um, Iraqi uh, mythology with their underworld, which is basically, they call it the House of Ashes, and so you're fighting vampires. Uh, but it's a lot of, like, you know, 
Middle Eastern mythology, you know, uh, religious you know, mythology stuff in there too. So that's kind of cool. Um, the third game is called Little Hope. That's like a ghost story uh, kind of thing. Uh, you're trapped in a maybe a ghost town sort of thing like that. So that's really cool. Uh, and the new one I haven't played yet, but um, uh, it just came out called The Devil and Me. And it's a, um, a documentary team is going to cover a hotel that was reportedly kind of like the the H.H. Holmes guy, where it was like a, a hotel that was basically a murder you know, hotel. So sort of you know, the, the guests would come in, they wouldn't make it out alive, something like that. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so the documentary crew is investigating this old rundown hotel, supposedly like that. And maybe one of the crew members gets possessed and things happen from there. So, but uh, just really, really fun game, especially if you like the horror stuff, but they're not like too terribly spooky or whatever else. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's just a lot of fun. It's like in the interactivity. It's got a nice, fun, you know, a, a nice fresh way of doing things. And if you guys are fans of like survival horror, I apologize, Dave. Um, if you guys are fans of survival horror, there's a really good game called uh, Dead by Daylight. Mm. And uh, you can either play as the killer or the survivor, um, which you have different attributes and skill sets uh, for both, either, either or. Um, I often find myself playing as a survivor and trying to, and trying to beat out the, the killer. Um, but then you get the odd time where the killer is not doing anything. It's like, come on, <laughs> I'm over here. <laughs> nice. Dave, what are you going to say? Yeah, there's a board game I think you would like to. It's been around for several years called Betrayal of a House on the Hill. Oh, yeah. You're getting a haunted house and uh, eventually one of you turns evil and tries to kill the rest. And then it becomes a, a cooperative of everybody else against that one person. There's only one way you can kill them, get the right things in the right room and maybe with, you know, the right people or whatever kind of thing uh, before uh, you know, you'll die horribly. And it's, it's very fun. That's oh. awesome. Yeah. Board games have gotten amazing. Um, matter of fact, actually, Will, you were just, uh, you reminded me of a game I recently played. It's uh, uh, called Control, I think. Remedy Games put it out. Um, this was a really cool game. It's a another third person, a lot of you know RPG stuff going on. But uh, there's it's difficult to describe what genre it falls into aside from weird. Uh, but it's basically like a lot of psychic powers, a lot of like parallel worlds, definitely a heavy Twin Peaks uh, sort of uh, you know influence. Um, and uh, I'm trying to think, there was a Alan Wake, the uh, Alan Wake series. Uh, if y'all ever ever heard of those before, it's kind of set within this world, very much Twilight Zoney sort of stuff like that. But yeah, the, the basic premise is that a woman is looking for her brother that separates his childhood due to a weird event. She goes to New York City. There's this building she goes into. The office building itself is sentient and the organization works in there but the building itself is corrupted so while you're trying to find your brother and kind of the mystery of your childhood and what's going on in there uh you're also trying to cleanse the building of this corruption that's in there cool so like very heavy twin peak stuff really kind of heavy sci-fi weird stuff but yeah um 
very cool game, and they're about to make a sequel to it, so I'm excited about that. Um, and then, of course, the survival horror stuff. If you've never played The Last of Us game, the HBO Max series is coming out next year. And I'll tell you what, if you want to get like a great survival horror story, but also like heartbreaking performances, like it will scare the game will scare yeah, you. That's all I want is in is a TV show that'll make me cry every night. <laughs> like it's it, you know, imagine the Walking Dead with more emotion in it. I you know what? That's the funny thing about The Walking Dead. I couldn't choose any favorite characters because they would all die. So now it's like, oh, now it's another another show that I can't choose favorite characters. <laughs> What's the thing? It's easy with The Last of Us. There's, I mean, granted, there's a lot of side characters going out, but the, there's really two main characters to care about. That's it. So if you just care about those two, you're good to go. <laughs> uh, over the summer that uh, surprised me uh, was Paper Girls. I had read the comic which was great, but I didn't even know there was a show coming out until all of a sudden it was there. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of Stranger Things ish, but more sci fi than uh, supernatural or sci fi stuff. Yeah. Travel, aliens, Mecca. It's a blast. Yeah. Yeah. I, I haven't watched the show, but I'm familiar with the books. So I've heard I've heard good things. So even though the show, I think, I think the show got canned after, after one season already. So it's definitely working. Yeah. I liked it better than this season of Stranger Things, which was very right. nice. Yeah, this, I, I was a huge fan of this season of Stranger Things, more than I've ever been in the show. So, yeah, but I did hear a lot of comparison to it. Yeah, so well, that's awesome. So, well, cool. Well, I think that's about wrapping us up for the night here. So, I appreciate all of y'all being on here. Not a problem. Yes, thank you. So, um, uh, Will you everything uh, you want to plug here aside from uh, Cryptid Crunch here, which of course your regular show there? Yeah, uh, next week Sunday, uh, tune in. Uh, this week Sunday will be Ice Cream Queens. Um, I haven't yet figured out a theme for uh, my show yet, but we'll, we'll come up with something. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love I love Cryptid Crunch. You guys come up with some really cool. Thank products, you. So. Yeah, I said, what, the, what was the, the, the cat you all came up with? I like, uh, we were talking about last week, there's some kind of like some kind of weird cat thing, or, or, uh, oh, you keep... uh, yeah, I, I'm I not remembering, but yeah, no, it's uh, we Keisha has definitely like strange creatures that, that um. Uh, that are on her farm, and so I'm curious as to see what what may pop up next <laughs> next episode. I know there, there's a lot of wildlife. The <laughs> <laughs> Dave, what do you got coming up? Uh, well, I'm definitely going to watch some Batman animated this weekend uh, to honor our friend Kevin. Uh, yeah. And uh, if you are in the uh, Louisville, Kentucky area, I recommend coming to Kemprov on the 19th. Uh, to be with some of the best improv comics uh, for miles and miles around. There you go. That's at the Bardstown, which is on Bardstown Road. So there you are. So, yeah, a, a, a fine venue there. So lots of good theater and performances and whatever else there. So, well, good. Well, I will uh, take you guys out of the chat here and I'll say goodbye to folks here. But thank you guys for coming out to the forum tonight. I appreciate it. Good to have you all out here. Bye, everyone. Thank you. 
All right. Well, like I said, that wraps up for this week here. Uh, next week, wrestling fans, stay tuned because uh, I do have a fun guest this week, especially if you're in the Louisville area. It's a face you all know. So you guys have yourselves a wonderful weekend out there. And, of course, again, happy Veterans Day to all of our service members out there. Thank you very much. And, uh, yeah, so go watch Black Panther. Uh, I'm, I'm going to, you know, stay off spoilers for a little bit here and let you guys watch it. But uh, maybe we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks here. So you all have yourselves a wonderful time, and we'll see you next time on the Fanatic Forum. Bye-bye.